What's happening, our Nation? It's your boys, Adele and... The Baker. With another episode of Scarf Live, the podcast. Ta-na-na, ta-na-na. The Baker. What's up, man? What's happening, homie? How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm not too bad. I was just thinking. Did you tell them that it's their boys, Adele and the Baker? I... It is. Okay, I wasn't paying attention. I just want to make sure. Cause it's no one in... other than their boys. Right. It, it's at, at this point, I think that's about as standard as an intro as we're going to get. And I just wanted to make sure you didn't, you know. Because every once in a while, you go you go off, off, off talking points, you know. That's when I get real nervous. We have talking points. Well, let, let me, let me um, clarify. I speak to you with a heavy belly this evening. Because on my way home earlier today, I ended up stopping by our usual stomping grounds and picked up what we used to consider a victory burrito. For no reason other than it was 7.30 p.m. and I realized I hadn't eaten yet. And I said, you know what sounds really good right now? Steak and egg burrito from... Rancheritos. Oh my god, it was good. But now I'm a little heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. I got you. It's uh you know, that it, it's one of those things that I forgot how much I missed until you just brought it up, you know, mm. right now. And it's not so much just the burrito, but the victory burrito specifically. Yeah. You know, just after 3 points, oof, that place. That place hits good. I mean, there's there's it is it is one thing, like you said, it's one thing to have a good tasting burrito, right? Mm. But that exact same burrito tastes literally like four times better after three points. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to argue with that. I, it is probably worth noting that usually at the game, we're having a few adult beverages, as they say. So Who's that? That definitely helps with the appetite. Not gonna lie. Remember that time? Remember that time when we had that um, Lyft driver drive us through the drive-through, and I think we got him one, didn't we? Yeah, man. Of course. Like you're not gonna was, not uh, get, uh, get something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so right. I had to have I had to have victory burrito. It's sitting heavy on my stomach, but man, my palates feel so good right now. I'm a very very happy man. So Baker, we're gonna have ourselves a nice little podcast this evening. It's been a week since we talked last. A couple of things have happened. Mainly, we had that um, uh, zero-zero draw up in the Minnesota, and believe it or not, that sounds like a good result. So we'll get into that game quite a bit. We'll specifically get into a couple of players. Uh, we will get a lot into the refereeing. What in the world is happening with refereeing, including a couple of um, let's just call them uh, conspiracy theories that have come up. We'll talk a bit about the uh, current standings in the West. Oh, my God, it's tight. And then let's uh, look forward a little bit because our very next game is against a very good team that is almost as much of a roller coaster as we are right now. So let's get right into it. So last weekend, Real Salt Lake travels up to Minnesota. Plays the Minnesota, what are they, Quacks? What's their, what's their, what's their Loons. thing? Loons, Loons man. You know, you know what loon is. Loon is just a small duck. Did you know that? I, I That's mean, all it really is. You, like, no, you're super wrong there. It, it's, it's just a duck. 
I'm not going to correct you because, you know, they are an opponent and there's no need to, um, there's no need to treat them with any kindness. But I, to our listeners I who are currently working on their biology homework, I assure you loons are not small ducks. If you are working on your biology homework and the question is what loons are, tell your teacher it's a small duck and then send them my way. And I will be able to give them the rest of the information and I'll just point them to watch the Minnesota soccer team play. And then you will see why they're ducks. Walk like a duck, quack like a duck. What's that saying? They're just small ducks. Anyways, beyond the point. Because of our history with these little ducks, a zero zero away is actually a huge result, but we'll get into some of that. What are some of your high level takeaways from that game just a few well, days ago? I think we should go in chronological order. And normally, chronological order is, uh, you know, starts with an hour before the actual game, and that's lineup. But in this case, it's even, yeah, it's even and that's slightly, usually that's usually not interesting, right? And and usually a good starting point, if nothing else, when talking about a game. But uh, in this instance, even that wasn't really the first big news that came out regarding the game. Um, so I think as I think technically as the lineup was put out, people very quickly noticed that one Corey Baird was missing entirely. Um, yeah. And, you know, people are naturally like, well, is this, you know, he wasn't on any, like, injured lists, you know, is it COVID? Like, what's, you know, what's going on here? Why is this guy, uh, why isn't he on the, even on the bench, you know, like, maybe arresting him, but, like, he should be somewhere in the 18. And uh, fun little factoid, I guess, depending on your definition of fun, is homie straight up missed a flight. Um, yeah. Which, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I am pretty much late to everything in life. It, it's, I am, you know, the goal, the goal is to be late to my own funeral. But, uh, they, they chartered a flight. Like, it wasn't like Delta closed the doors or something. Like, they had some say in when the plane was leaving. Um, so it wasn't like, oh, he just missed it. It was like, he missed a flight. Um, yeah. There hasn't really been a whole lot of discussion about that since then, but uh, definitely not a good look. Yeah. So listen, I used to fly a lot for work. A lot. Like, I don't know. On average, probably once every other week. I mean, one trip every other week, right? So a couple of flights. I would say a flight a week if you break it down that way, right? In all those years I did that, I missed two flights, right? There were a couple of connections that didn't work out, but there's not much I can do there, right? Um, one time I missed a flight in Orlando because um, I was in a taxi cab. <laughs> That's how far back this goes. And we were on our way to the airport. There was an accident and we were literally stuck on a bridge. It almost sounds made up. <laughs> and I'm just glad I didn't have to you know, explain to him because it was on my way back home, not missing something I had to go right, to, right. right? So I didn't have to explain it to anyone and they didn't give me any trouble. They knew what was happening. So it didn't cost me extra. It didn't matter, right? I was literally stuck on a bridge during an accident. Yeah. Missed my flight, <laughs> whatever. like exit. 
you know? Literally cannot exit. And then it's Florida. What are you going to do, exit and walk? It's like 190% humidity outside. And the other time I did it, uh, this was way back in the days. I used to still smoke quite a bit of cigarettes back in the days, right? And again, this is how far back it goes. The Salt Lake City International Airport had a smoking section, Mm. right? And I got to a flight that was actually one of my first business trips. It was a long time ago. And you know how they always say, get, be at the gate 30 minutes before? That's when boarding is. Well, I was um, about five minutes away from the gate. Um, and I decided to walk into the smoking section and have a couple of cigarettes. And by the time I got out and got to the gate, they had already locked the door. Mm. Plane was still there. Right. I got into a big fight. Anyways, I ended up being literally like 45 minutes later. It was like Salt Lake to Phoenix or Salt Lake to Denver or something, right? So it wasn't a big deal. Like they're leaving every 30 minutes. So those are the two times I missed a flight in my life. And now my question is this. Someone like a Corey Baird flies for a living nowadays more than I do. Well, because I don't. No one flies for a living other than sports athletes, sports ball players these days. What the... what happened? Yeah. What in the world happened? Right. For a chartered flight, which means you have more flexibility than God, right? Yeah. The only other person I ever remember on RSL ever missing a flight yeah. was Rio. Right. When he got drunk. Yeah, he, at he least a, he had a good excuse. Right. He had a few at the at the airport bar and they and they wouldn't let him board yeah is actually what i heard so it wasn't so much that he missed it it's just dude got got a little got a little tipsy um no and and i think you bring up a really really interesting point um it's you know like like life does happen things happen you know cars break down like like you know maybe you know things occur that are more important than, you know, making it to this flight. And don't get me wrong. I think him making it to this flight is super important. I'm not trying to downplay the importance of him being a professional. Um, So there's a part of me that desperately wanted some bit of, like, news to come out. Like, you know, Corey Baird is... I don't know, stuck in traffic or like his sister got, you know, married or I I don't know what it is. You know, some good reason where we're all nodding here and going, yeah, that makes total sense. And for all we know, maybe there is. But it isn't public knowledge. And this happened, how how long has it been now? It's, you know, not quite a week, but it's, so today's, we're recording Thursday night. This was on Sunday. It's been four days. Mm-hmm. And as far as I could tell, no additional information has been made available. Uh, and not to say that I'm like, oh, additional information, but it'd be good to know, like, hey, what's going on here, buddy? Um, and, you know, to, to your other point and to the original point of it is a chartered flight. So, they, yeah, they do have more flexibility. But I can imagine, you know, Freddie going like, hey, he's not here in five minutes. We're leaving. Like, you know, I, I don't envision the team waiting around for him. Right. Um, yeah, man, it's it's one of those things where, like, A, you just don't do that. Like, just, just be a professional, do your job. But also, too, it's kind of like, I think you were actually the one that originally, you know, told this to me. It's like crazy hair on players being, like, directly correlated to their skill level. Mm-hmm. Like, you can have any haircut you want, you know, 
but you you gotta be that amount of good. So like if you if you got like a just a normal you know buzz cut or whatever or like keep a shaved head, you you're allowed to be kind of bad. Mm-hmm. But like if you rocking a rat tail, a, a la a la Rufio, like you you gotta you gotta have some moments where we're going like okay you know this this guy this guy can do it. And the reason I bring that up is Corey Baird can absolutely miss the flight. But then you need to be like a double digit goal scorer. Like you got to be putting them like. Like that amount of prima donna comes with somebody like a Zlatan. Like mm-hmm. you, you're you haven't earned that right, in my my opinion. Um, so yeah, man, it, it's I think I think I'm kind of curious to see the lineup and if Corey Baird, you know, like what I, I want to see how much he's in the doghouse with Freddie is is really what I want to see. And to be fair, we have no idea why he missed the flight. Correct. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a perfectly good reason. Maybe he didn't miss the flight. Maybe there was something else there. Right. So Just the, the I, fact that we don't know what happened. Sure. And and kind of scary. And the whole missing the flight thing directly came from RSL. So yeah. that I do believe. So like he wasn't on the plane. No, I'm not saying he didn't miss the flight. I'm saying we don't know why he missed the flight. R- you know well, what I mean? Sure. Sure. So. Well, let's see. Let's see what happens. It's a damn shame because Corey has shut me up, man. Yeah, I mean, anyone that that goes back with us to last year probably remembers and understands what I mean by that. I was ripping on that dude quite a bit. You know, I never understood why he ever started over Plata. I think I'm on record saying that it's criminal that Corey Baird starts over a Plata last year. I'm also on record saying a few different things, like it's criminal that that you know Sam is not starting, and but we can get into that another time. And Corey has, I I can clearly see the incredible improvements that Corey Baird has made season over season. The um, the very same reasons why I didn't like him starting sometimes last year were those situations into which he gets himself. And then does not have the technical capability, the right. touch, the dribble to get himself out of. Plays himself into a corner and then he just literally like gets did stuck. and yep. and couldn't get out of it. I have seen him do it way too many times so far this year. Um, I mean, probably one of the nicest, sweetest goals we have we have scored this year, which is the the Sam Johnson goal was all Corey Baird's work where he just kind of went by and around and, and threw a bunch of dudes before he passed it to, to Sam for him to then put it away. Right. So he, the technical capability and the skill, I don't know what in the world he did between, I don't know about November and, and March last year, November and March of this year, he did something. I mean, he kept the speed. He kept the, you know, the, the fight, and then he added to it the technical capability. So it's a damn shame because right. he is—he now, in my mind, has become along with Nedum, mm-hmm. along with Herrera, Toya, and Amir, the guy that has to play every game. Our best lineup is centered around those guys. Right? Man, okay. Wow. It, it, it's, I mean, I'm not saying he's in the stacking, but in his position. Sure. Sure. He, yeah, that kind of. Out of I mean, all not of kind the, of. He plays that forward role. Yeah. yeah. And he's the he's the out of all the forwards, he is the guy. Like you know, you know, in defense, Nedim needs to play, right? Um, 
you know, on the right side, Herrera has to play. You know, in the middle, that Damir has to play. Up front, he has to play. Corey has to play. So he has, he has played himself, in my mind, into that position. So I hope this doesn't reflect a larger issue, a problem, <clears throat> excuse me, or whatever else you want to call it. And it's just a one-time fluke. Something else happened, uh, and we move forward with it. But let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it's it's probably not worth discussing for as long as we've discussed it. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, so with him not being, uh, you know, with, with him not being available, let's leave it at that. Uh, Douglas Martinez got, gets the gets the start instead, and um, I, I yeah. Think so if, I'm yeah. over him. Yeah, it, it's. I was trying to like figure out like a nice way of saying what you just said, and I'm glad you just like blurted it out because <laughs> it makes my job easier. Um, yeah, man, it, it's. I think he had himself an outstanding uh, MLS is back tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And then, you know, I think he, like, had, like, an okay first few games back from the tournament. Like, you know, I think phase one, I was like, all right, he's he's doing okay. You know, I think he even uh, bagged a goal in that time. Um, and then, nice like, one. And then, yeah, and then, uh, and then that game against Minnesota, he had a couple of what I consider maybe not outright sitters, like, just tap that in and we're good. But he had some he had some opportunities where the ball should have at least been on frame. You're talking about the game before last game, right? Am I? I I could have sworn it was the Minnesota game where he had a really no, the good Minnesota game before the last game. Are you talking about the game last Sunday or the one like two weeks earlier? I'm talking about the one on Sunday against Minnesota. Oh. The f- no, yeah. I don't even remember that. Okay. Yeah, so that's when I was kind of I don't know. It, it's he he. I guess what I'm really trying to say is I feel like he didn't really do a whole lot with his opportunity. Yeah, he hasn't done much for a while. And here's what I think. Like from this he's one of those guys like Corey last year, but different position. Like he's not going to be a winger. I'm never going to expect him to like dribble around dudes and dribble his way through six players in the 18. I, I have seen enough glances of, of a lot of promise for me to not give up on him. So I think he will, he, he's going to make a really good backup maybe rest of the year, maybe next year. I don't if – our, if our starting lineup, best possible starting lineup ever includes him, we're not going far. I mean, like the kid, it seems real nice. He did real well with the Monarchs, right? I, I understand why everyone has a hard-on for him. It's because, you know, it's... <laughs> can't it's, say that. Uh, what do you mean? Okay, I just said just, it. All right. So I, I get it because it's, it's, you know, it's all the, the, the people that are following the Monarchs. I totally get it. And there's, sure. there's a homerism to it. And I like the kid. He's a nice kid. He's got a lot of potential. He's got the potential to shine but he has not taken advantage of that often enough. If he is, if Martinez is our starting forward this right. year, we're not going anywhere. And I will go as far as to say, currently, if Martinez is our starting forward next season, we're not going anywhere. Well, I mean, we're not going far. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. I, I mean, I think at this point you're alluding to like a much bigger, uh, yeah. like systematic issue that I think we've collectively talked about. You know, I think if we were to sum up the minutes that we've discussed the striker problems and Sabo left, you know, it'd be like in the thousands of minutes. 
Uh, yeah. Like quite literally. Um, speaking of which, that that guy's still playing. So at, at this point, it might it might be worth making the call. If, if no, nothing else. no, it wouldn't. We just, have no idea what to do with a proper number nine. Just break the curse, I, I still, right? I still think like like charges need to be brought up every time Martinez starts over Sam Johnson. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. like federal criminal charges need to be brought up. <laughs> against whoever decides to play him over Sam Johnson. Again, nothing against him, but we have a proper DP number nine sitting on the bench. Literally the most prolific scorer last year. Well, in a very select window. Right, but that's what he played. Sure, I mean he he had so some he opportunities. Has, but it wasn't that. like a it wasn't a select window of like two games. Right. No, it was it was a stretch of time where he literally yeah. was one of not not one of where he, he was, was the most efficient finisher by in the far, league. Yes. By far the most efficient finisher in the league. So we know he has it in him. So I'm not sure whom he pissed off, how he pissed them off, but the fact that we have these like monarchs players starting over him is again it's criminal. This this is so. Remember how I was saying earlier in the season, like this is not a season that Freddie needs to try to prove anything. Just you know, drive it home. But I also meant like, okay, let's figure out some things. If 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 we're not expecting anything this season, let's make at least sure that we are learning things, right? Like who our goalie is going to be next year, and we'll get into Putna in just a second, man. That dude was a monster last game. Yeah. But something like, do we re-sign a Sam Johnson, right? Do we re-sign certain people? Are our left and right backs sufficient to carry forward? Um, but now, it, okay, if I'm a guy or a girl or a group investing a half billion dollars into this franchise, yeah, and then I want to go out and do what we as a fan base always ask for, which is like, oh, man, go out, man, get us some 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 stars, Sure. Right. Or Get just us the, the pay a transfer the, fee. The Ibrahimoviches of the world, not literally, but you know what I mean. That kind of impact. I'm not gonna have this guy in charge. He's got a star. He's got a guy on the bench that he's not playing for some reason. And until he explains to me, I still believe we need an explanation for why Sam Johnson is not playing. Because when he's out there, he was out there a bit last game. He was. Dude is like hustling. Yes. He's but trying. For sure. It doesn't seem like it's an attitude thing unless I'm missing something. I, I mean, let's let's be very clear. Sam Johnson has had a few opportunities. I don't know if they were to that extent. He ended up going something like just over 20 minutes uh, in the Minnesota game. Mm -hmm. um, he hasn't played that well in a hot minute. Like, let's not sit here. He, he, he hasn't, hasn't played in a hot minute. He has, though. I mean, he's, you know, I think he had he had a half, if I remember correctly. Dude, yeah, a half here and a half there. I, I told you this when he first joined us last year. Remember that? Or not joined us last year, but I, I said the, last at, year. At the start, yeah. He needs, like, a string of games. Yeah, he needs a string of five, six games. Ask no questions. Leave him in there for as long as he wants to be. Let him settle. That, that's right. the attitude of the number nine, right? Right. Let him settle. Let him feel at home. Build up his his confidence. I mean, that's what a number nine does. But what I'm saying is this: anyone you get and pay good money for, especially in that position, is going to have that attitude. So I, if you're coaching and that's you, you have this approach of like hard work. Yes, we all want hard work. But at the end of the day, the hardest thing to do in soccer is score a goal, <clears throat> right? That's why those dudes get paid the top dollars, right? 
and I'm buying you, I'm not going to buy you someone. It's like having a kid that destroys everything, right? Every toy you buy them, they destroy. Are you going to keep buying them expensive toys? Hell no. no. You're going to Smith's now, you're getting those $7.99 toys. Because it's going to get destroyed anyways, right? right so why okay. am I going to go get, get, get my girl a porcelain doll if she's going to break it, <laughs> right? So it's the same thing here. Like, why would I get this guy uh, an expensive striker if he's not going to learn, know how to use him? Like, at some point, you have to swallow your pride. Sure. I will never understand the Sam, Johnson, uh, the Sam Johnson thing unless I get an explanation. In the meantime, I'll keep barking up the street. Yeah, and, and I think, I think there have been a lot of moments in time where we feel like we've gotten an explanation. Like, I remember sitting, you know, what feels like a lifetime ago now, in Rio Tinto Stadium, going to one of those like season ticket holder, you know, town hall dealios. And it was like, Sam Johnson's been nursing an injury for the better part of last year. Mm -hmm. And like, we haven't seen Sam Johnson fully fit. And, you know, he had that thing where he had like a weird post game comment, like two games in a row. Like, it always feels like there's been a, a, a thing in a small window of time. But now it's like, there really isn't. Like, like we, we, we should discuss some personnel decisions and options. And like, I, I think, I think from what I've seen, and maybe this is like a good transition into our next talking point being the whole Justin Glad thing. Um, we might not have as deep of a roster as we think. And we might, I think if we're going to be really honest with ourselves, might not have a very good roster. I'm not saying the guys on our team aren't talented. Like there's plenty of talent there. But I also think, like, I think our roster wasn't built well, man. Like, like mm -hmm. there's some, you know, there's there's some stuff going on. Like, we've got, I I think I think the the Minnesota game was actually one of the first times, at least that I can remember, that we had all three DPS out on the field. Yeah, like I mean, that's insane. Like minute, but yeah, it's uh, so you're right. The last three seasons, I remember us every offseason talking about how we're going to have the deepest roster we have ever had. We're yet to finish a season with a roster that's sufficiently deep, provided this season is an anomaly, right? I mean, who in the world can predict? We'll talk about Rushnak. He's out for, what, a week or two? And he misses, like, six games? Like, who can who – can, no one could have predicted just, sure. you know, how fast these games come at us. But uh, yeah, no, no, Duke. Our roster, our roster is, our roster is the roster of a mid-table team. I would actually argue that our roster, specifically around depth, is one of a bottom-table team, and the dudes. Well, I don't know the other people's it. roster is in depth enough. Sure. Well, uh, well here's what I do know, and let's get into the next one. When when Justin Glad, one of our premier. Mm -hmm. Center backs has to play left defender. Right, left back. There's something wrong. Yeah, yeah. How and did he do though? He did all right. Don't he you think? he did good. He I think, you know, at, at one point I tweeted something like his CB was showing. Like you know, like yeah. it, it's you lose something in offense. Let's be very clear about that. Oh, you lose a lot in offense. You were and, talking about like Toya out and Justin Glad playing that position. Right. And completely kill the offensive option for sure and and i think if we're going to be very clear especially in the modern game and especially in the lineup and and or the formation that rsl has historically fielded 
those left backs are like arguably one of the most important positions on 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 those those outside backs i should say are some of the most important positions on the field like that is where a lot of your attack is going to like generate and mm-hmm. start and like it yeah it's they shuffle the ball up and down the field and then they're also you know responsible for the defense um it is arguably you're right one of the most important positions in the field right it's especially the way we the play and the front yeah right um and yeah all credit to justin glad i think he actually had a pretty decent showing i think he did what was asked of him but you know in the off season we did go sign a left back and a right back like we had backups um the dude from uh toronto i can't think of his name now um that tells you everything you need to know right and uh man hold on i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna look it up because i i got to yeah while you're looking him up i mean you're right we look i don't know again i don't follow other teams as closely as our team obviously because i have a life all of us have a life but uh, Man, our history, not even like long, but just recent history, it's just filled with bad, bad signings that right. look good initially. All right. over the place. Half our roster, maybe that's an exaggeration, is made up of bad signings that are not playing. For sure. For sure. And um, so, yeah, it, it's Ashton Morgan and yeah. uh, uh, Alvin Jones. So Ashton Morgan, like from Toronto, like this dude was like heavily endorsed by like Toronto fans. I don't think he's, yeah. um, you know, I don't think he's appeared for us like once, maybe, maybe once. Um, and then, yeah. And then the other I guy I remember him once, yeah. And then the other guy hasn't appeared at all. Yep. So, he plays for the Monarchs, doesn't he? It, it, no, not even the Monarchs. Like it's, oh. it's, I don't know what's going on here. Like it, it's wild. Um, There's a huge disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff. That's what's going on. Yeah. So, so I, I just looked it up. Alvin Jones uh, from Trinidad and Tobago played 45 minutes in the MLS's back tournament. That's it. Ashton Morgan hasn't seen the field for us, and I don't know if that's like a Canada thing. Like, dude can't get, you know, time. But it's also clearly like these guys aren't up to snuff. So yeah, like our Jones, next... Jones was the guy that played against us. Didn't he score against the U.S. Yes, when he kicked us out of the yes. World Cup. Yes, he and, scored yeah. that goal. That yep. that that was Alvin Jones. Um, so maybe it's payback. But anyways, let's get so let's get into the other back. We signed Cause... him so we couldn't play him. <laughs> exactly. Got him. And Herrera. That kid it keeps impressing me more and more and more. Sure, he is still good for a a big mistake, even though the size of those mistakes keeps getting smaller and smaller, but he's still good for a good mistake every game. I thought Herrera had an incredible shot. And I remember specifically sending you a text message at one point. And that was, the text message read, how does Herrera ever get through TSA with those balls of steel? Mm. It's a gem. You should be. You should have been a poet. He took. He saw the keeper out, and he must have taken. What was that? At least fifty yards, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a healthy distance out. It was. It was. I. I want to say, in his own half, wasn't it? I mean, just. Just. But I think it was in, his, in our own half. Took that shot. I mean, let's face it. I think the goalie would have gotten to it, but barely. 
and the goal the ball was barely over the goal. I love what that kid is showing us and is giving us, and I love the it's almost like a rivalry he and Toya have left on left and right. Um, I, I'm seeing very similar traits, very similar personalities. Um, again, they probably take more risks than I'd like my defenders to take. Sure. And Herrera specifically, first of all, he, he became a monster in the offseason. I'm not sure how many pounds of muscle that dude put on, but it must have been a few. And, yeah, he is – I mean, Herrera is impressing me a lot. I think we have found our right back for the long term. Yeah, I mean – Provided we can keep him. I was going to say, like, at some point, um, you know, I, I think – like he's he's one of those dudes that definitely got a lot better in the off season. Um, I, I think, I, and I agree with you. I think some of those like defensive mistakes still occur, like those defensive lapses. But the key difference now, he's got some of that like Olave in his prime thing, where he has like the physicality to go deal with it. Like he's yeah. fast and he's like this really like physical specimen now like he'll he'll push you off the ball he'll he'll bump you he'll he'll make you kind of take that extra touch that you don't want to take and um like like he's gotten to a point where he has you know where he may, even though he might be lacking some of that game awareness he's got the physicality at least for now to to deal with it and and usually recover um but yeah he's one of those dudes that like so he's he's what I thought Glad was going to be. Like this, like uh-huh. there's, there was going to be one year where he just comes back and he's just like super on and you know like MLS All Star caliber. We hang on to him for maybe a couple of years, hopefully win something in that, and then sell him off to a European club for a ton of money. That was always my vision for Glad, and I'm not saying that can't happen. I just think Herrera is doing it at a much faster pace. Like, I, I realistically think we're selling Herrera the next cycle well, that his if, contract's up. If he can proceed. So th- th- this is the thing. I, I love Justin Glad. I think Justin Glad's going to be a long-term RSLer, and we, we love it. I don't think he needs to improve much more. He needs to improve a little bit more to be, to be the, the leading center back on a championship team, right? But I think Justin Glad hit a ceiling. His ceiling was lower than I initially thought it was going to be. I thought Justin Glad was going to be one of those, uh, what's his name, Zimmerman that that played for uh, Stoke City, the German center back. I mean, they looked the same. They're like the same height, except Zimmerman um, kind of filled out a little bit more, right? Um, and that's what I saw him of being. And I think he has slowed down that progress over the last year and a half, two years. But I think he's still getting better. I think Justin Glad's going to be a very good center back in the MLS for a long time to come. I hope it's with Real Salt Lake. Now, Herrera, over the last, I want to say, year and a half, has made incredible progress. Sure, if he can keep growing at the pace he's growing right now, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be playing in the EPL here in the next year and a half. But let's see what happens. Like potential is one of the most dangerous words there are out there, right? So I'm happy with where he is, maybe a little more improvement. I'd rather he grows a little bit more and stays with us than improves a crap load and then we sell him because I like what he's doing. I like his attitude. I like his mentality. 
And I think he is the kind of guy, just like I think Toya on the left side, even though Toya, I think, is not on the level of Herrera yet, but he can get there. Those are the kinds of dudes you can win a championship with. I think Toya and Herrera are outside backs with whom you can win an MLS Cup. I think current form, Justin Glad, not so much. He also plays a more important role, a more central, literally, role where every mistake right is punished a lot more so yeah, bring it in a little yeah yeah so that's my two cents on that let's go through one other guy on the defensive side from last game the, my dude the most defensive you mean the most defense the only guy <laughs> who can use hands that's on how defensive hire a team how about Patna? all right man, I, I have a really I have a really unpopular opinion. Please. All this means in my eyes is that he's going to have a horrible game next game. Yeah, but he's had two in a row that are pretty good. Yeah. I I feel like I feel like the one before this last one was 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 pretty good. And then this last one is obviously a standout performance. Not yeah. not here to be like the dude who's just like ragging on the party. Like dude made team of the week obviously deserved it i mean i think he had something like seven saves by the end of the night seven yeah minnesota has uh, seven shots on target yep he he kept us kept us in a he remondoed it he kept us in a yeah. game that i think if we're going to be honest we maybe didn't have a business being in well okay i wouldn't take it that far it's not like minnesota was playing circles around us but he, not the he, first he half did, but that second half he, i would say yes they were he did not only have seven saves but he had some incredible saves. Like you said, he remondoed it in that game. He Probably three or four of those seven were saves he has no business making. Saves uh, or shots that if they go in, you and I cannot sit here and say, well, Patna should have had that. No goalie should have had that, right? He, he yeah, he was incredible. I, I'm not buying your whatever it is, witchcraft belief here of he's going to have a bad next game because of this. It doesn't work that way, man. Well, no, to, to me, what, what it really, it's not like, oh, he had one good game, therefore he's going to have a bad game. I, I think I, you know, I, I think we talked about this, like Putna will have a string of good games followed by a bad game. Like that's, that's the reason he wasn't our, you know, like go-to starter. I still don't think he's like the long-term solution there. Like, I oh, I agree add, with that. I would add goalie to the ever-increasing list of positions we need filled. Well, if only we had a young kid on the bench or with the Monarchs that, you know, we could potentially use in a season where we should have nothing to lose and figure out if he's our future or not, right? That takes me back to the whole thing I was talking about earlier. But anyways, look, I think Patna had an incredible game, had some incredible saves, just played well, looked solid. It was the first time in a while where Minnesota was winding up for a shot, and I was feeling okay about it. I'm like, yeah, we got this, right? Um, we'll see what happens next game. But just a huge shout-out. I mean, when was the last time someone from RSL made Team of the Week? We haven't done that a lot this year. Hmm. I really can't remember. I know no, there was at least there, one there other were, time. Yeah, there was a few times. Like it, it wasn't. It's not occurring at the rate that it used to. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, yeah we we had a few. I think Corey, yeah. I think Corey Baird maybe. I don't know. I could look it up if you're actually so, curious. No, I'm not actually curious. I want to call out one other guy real quick, um, and I called him out last podcast. 
probably one of my biggest surprises so far this year, other than Chang. But that kid's a surprise to everyone. Um, Justin Merrim, another really good, solid game. And he is becoming one of the most consistent players on an otherwise extremely inconsistent team. I, I, again, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I thought he was going to come in, be the guy that comes in, well, you know, the last 15 minutes or 20 minutes every other game, then starts that random Wednesday game in the middle of the week. Remember when those were like rare? Right. It wasn't that long ago, right? Yes. That's the role I saw him playing. Or someone like, uh, you know, let's just say someone misses the freaking flight, right? Now he steps in and plays. Right. Justin Merrim is, to me, let me make sure I understand, make sure I, I, probably the surprise of the season. Yeah. Are, along with Ruiz. Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair. It, it's, um, you know, and, and yeah, to your, like, 100% agree with you. Like, he was always going to be kind of like, that you know come in like the 60th 70th minute whatever it may be kind of like run the gate clock out you know he he was he was never going to be like the answer in that at that position um and he's he's become the go-to guy now i think some of that is just given the current state of the roster who is and isn't playing all that fun stuff but yeah like he's he's bringing like a creativity to that role he's you know clearly like a seasoned like veteran like he knows the league he knows the teams he knows the guys he's going up against um i i think towards the end of the game you kind of see him you know getting a little gassed and i yeah. i think that's honestly his biggest like downfall to his age um but yeah man like the dude is you know at, at this point like there was definitely a period where seeing him in the starting 11 was kind of like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. But yeah, he's definitely gotten to a point where I'm like, if I don't see Justin Miram, I'm a little more worried. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, good. You know, that makes sense. So, so listen, I have one more question around the team specifically, and then we can move on to some other things. So I know everyone wants to hear us talk about the refs. And here's my question. Not even a question, but my talking point is this. I have called this out. We we have called it out. You have called it out. This is one of the most inconsistent RSL teams we have ever had. Probably the most, in, well, up there with the most inconsistent RSL teams that I can ever remember. I remember there were a couple of years. I don't remember the exact years, but I do remember feeling like, oh, my God, we're inconsistent. And that could be a good thing for us. You know, you know what it was? It was two years ago. We went up against LAFC in the playoffs. We were so inconsistent. I thought it was actually a good thing because they can't scout us. <laughs> yes, that's how naive, naive I am. This team is extremely inconsistent because remember, it's the team that goes to Minnesota, loses 4-0, then comes home and beats LAFC 3-0, then goes and loses to Colorado 5-0, right? I mean, yeah. what in the world, what is that? that? There's zero consistency there. We have now had a couple of games where they're starting to look a little decent. I'm not ready yet to say I know what this team is about. I'm not. Absolutely not. And remember, right after the DLH thing, they also had two incredible comebacks, last-minute comebacks against Portland and was it Seattle, I think? Um, they were just, I mean, in one game, they were down two, by two goals going into the 90th minute. So I thought they showed character. I still think this team is showing character. I, I just don't think they're showing any consistency. I am not yet ready to call them consistent. I want to see what happens in the next game. 
We'll see what happens in against LAFC again. Maybe the wrong team to make a judgment like that against. But I, again, long story longer, I think this is still one of the most inconsistent RSL teams I've ever seen. Sure. And I don't trust them yet. Sure. I have no idea what the next game is going to bring. Yeah, and I, and I think to, to like, I, I, to get to this, and, and I was actually looking for a good like reason to talk about this anyway, and I just couldn't figure out what like a good opportunity was. But like, there's we're playing the same teams over and over and yeah. over and over. Like at some point you kind of start figuring each other out. Like this, it, it isn't this weird thing where it's like, oh, I just played LAFC like, you know, at the start of the year and now it's the end of the year. It's like, nah, I played these dudes like less than a month ago. Um, you know, it, and you know, Artisel will not have any Eastern Conference opposition through the rest of the year, and like, it, it's gotten to this weird point where like, it, it's not even. Like that, they can be more consistent or less consistent or anything like that. It's now like, like it's it's kind of taken scouting to like the next level because you're so familiar with the teams you're facing, right? You're just seeing the mm-hmm. same seven, eight, nine teams over and over and over. It's basically the Western Conference, at least for ourselves. Yeah. Um, so I think that definitely plays like a part in it. it. It's teams are like figuring each other out a little bit, but then yeah, there's there is no rhyme or reason to some of the choices our coaching staff makes um it's we've got serious personnel issues we've got dps not starting we've got you know players missing like like it's you you literally don't know what you're going to get every weekend a week out and and the lineups totally unknowns yep and the starting lineups are first inconsistent but secondly tell you nothing i mean you can literally have the same lineup seven days apart and it's like a totally different team it is it is just bizarre this whole this whole year is bizarre but that especially anyways i wanted to bring that up i still don't trust them let's talk about something really fun <laughs> the refereeing yeah so dunny everyone knows and i've i've seen this a lot in comments on all sorts of me- social media where people say oh my god it seems like dunny always roots for the other team Dunny, and look, you have had the luxury or the lack of luxury and having and having to listen to other teams' commentators over the last couple of months, right? Right. So maybe you can be a better judge of this. I used to do it quite a bit, but it's been a while. <clears throat> and Dunny's one of the most objective commentators there are. For sure. And he for usually sure. you know, plays the line very nicely, very well. <clears throat> he's also a national commentator for Fox Sports, I think, right? So he's not a homer. At the same time, he knows his stuff. Donnie just knows his stuff. And I'm not sure if you had a chance to hear him, but yet again, the second time, and I want to say three games, he was going at the refs. And luckily, or not, he had a lot of opportunities to. They they had a couple of huge blunders. What I'm trying to say with the Donnie thing is, you know when Donnie is going after you, Right, you have a very directly something is really majorly wrong. So for sure, and and to but, just go off that real quick, that is why you included Dunny in the yes in the man of the match voting. That's the, it. Yes, and in my opinion, he deserved to win. Yeah, well, he actually got thirty percent of the vote. <laughs> Makes sense, <laughs> which tells you everything you need to know. RSL Nation no. is a bunch of smart people. That's that's what I learned. They know what they're doing, but okay, so. It all gets down to VAR. You and I had in-depth discussions around VAR when it was first put forth a couple of years ago, right? 
and a lot of people have and and a lot of people hated it because they say oh, quote unquote it slows down the game well screw that there are millions of dollars on the line in some cases around goals whether you make the playoffs, whether you don't make the playoffs, you can win a championship or don't win a championship. Portland Timbers literally won MLS Cup on a call that would be reversed right now. Remember that? The 1 0, the one goal they scored. Yeah, the ball, the ball goes out of bounds. Literally went out of bounds. Yep. Right? So, how does that change fortunes? How about SKC RSL 2013? Sure. Remember yeah. what should yep. have been a clear red card? It wasn't even called a yellow card. Yeah. Yep. It would have been a second yellow. It should have been a straight red, and he right. didn't give him a second yellow for it. Yep. That, those things don't happen in VAR. Well, I they mean, shouldn't with, happen in VAR. Shouldn't. Right. So I, what, what Dunny's frustration is and was and still probably is actually, and so is my frustration, which is if we're not – going to go and take a look at a clear handball. You know what pissed me off is this. The game was on Sunday, right? Yes. Literally earlier that day, there was an almost identical handball in the English Premier League. Yeah, uh, Manchester that United, was, right? That was in, initially missed, and then VAR caught it right. because the ref went and took a look at it. And it was called a penalty. I mean, it was almost identical. What in the world is this VAR thing for if it's not used for exactly those kinds of things? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and maybe it's worth getting into, quote-unquote, what those kinds of things are. So there's, in my opinion, there were four really, maybe not blown calls, but four opportunities for VAR to play a role and I think if I'm going to be honest with you, maybe for the ref just to be a bit better in the call on the field. Um, so the first one is uh, Ruiz being on, I think it was like the 37th or like 33rd minute or something like that, being on the receiving end of a tackle, you know, studs up, both legs in. Like it, it was a brutal tackle. Like it, it was hard. Um, the Minnesota uh, player, I forget who it is now, uh, ends up getting a yellow card. And I think I I can see why that was a yellow, and I'll go so far as to say that I can see why VAR didn't recommend a review. Like it wasn't a clear red. Like I get it. Um, af basically that's the only one that I can excuse. Uh, the hand the shout for a handball should have at least been looked at. I think Do it not was, even look at it. Right. That that's the part that blows my mind. Like why isn't that being like what are we missing? Like w explain what we got wrong. Um I have read on the some like um Reddit boards and stuff that maybe there wasn't like a camera angle, but just use the broadcast angle. Like that's the part that I just don't understand. So that yeah, that makes zero sense. Like that call totally wrong like that was a, that, that that was about as clear of a handball as you can ask for like doesn't get more clear right um and then the, finally the incident like right before uh stoppage time i believe it was like the 80th minute between um uh reynoso and, and albert ruchnak um so on the, the minute kick yeah minnesota's getting ready for a free kick albert's in reynoso's face they're exchanging words uh, ball is dead at this point. Like the, their ball is not in play. That that's the big call out here because uh, 
there's like a FIFA directive that hands above the shoulders is actually what they refer to it on a dead ball is an automatic red. Um, and Reynoso like flat out slaps Albert, like clear as day. Um, and a, that, sh that should have been called right then and there because hands to the face for, for much less serious offenses has been called in this league. Um, speaking of Ariel Collin, he got a red card for rubbing, um, I think it was Kaká. Like him and Kaká were old buddies and he was, he had it his, was like, Kaká. I remember he had his yes. hands like on Kaká's face, but they were both laughing. Like they're clearly yep. friends and he ended up getting a red card for that. Yeah. Um, this dude, that was, that was a violent manner. And, and just to be clear, we're not saying violent conduct because I don't think the slap was hard enough to constitute violent conduct. It was the fact that it was a dead ball. Like the directive is pretty clear here that that should have been an automatic red. Um, and yeah, no review, no, no go look at it. No, no, nothing. Um, it is good to, I don't know if it's good, but the referee and crew was very consistently bad because the very next play, we're going to be honest here, Albert totally gets away on a retaliation stomp. Like he straight up steps on the dude's like leg. Um, literally the next play and no call, like nothing. He was like limping for the rest of the, rest of the game. Um, no, it, it was embarrassing. I, I think it's the type of thing that like still makes our league look you know, JV, like, like it's just, it's not professional and it takes away from the product on the field. And it's one of those years where there are bigger issues going on. So like, it doesn't seem as big of a deal, but it, it just, it ruins the watchability of the game. Like that game should have been very different had there been a competent, uh, officiating crew involved that night. So let me ask you this question just because someone else asked it on the Facebook and I thought it was worth discussing. So first of all, I agree. I don't agree that any hands above the shoulder should be a red card, right? It should have on a, preface, a dead ball. It should have a preface of, you know, violent conduct or something, right? So again, because that's how you get what happened to to what's his name, um, Colin. Colin against Kaka. Yep. Because, you know, there, there should be some interpretation there. <clears throat> um. Totally terribly ref game, at least in those few instances. I mean, again, it's stupid. We gave you the freaking tools. Use them, right? We're, we're willing to sit back and suck up the slowing down of game so that you can make the right decisions. So you're not using the tools. But here's what, some, what I heard someone write on the Facebook, if I may. He said, is it me or does it seem that, our, that the referees in the MLS are calling against us more or less favorably for us? Since the whole the the Loy Hansen dilemma happened, well, that's you, silly, right? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I don't think we're like the darlings of the league by any stretch of the imagination. Like, you know, I don't I don't think they're like looking at us as some kind of like great example in. Um, well, anything really. Other yeah, than and, and, right. Um, but I don't. I, I I don't think it's gotten quite bad. Where they're like, where there's like an open like conspiracy. Like I, I don't think anyone's getting like a directive of like, hey, be a little, you know, 
be a little rougher to these guys when it comes to making fair calls or whatever. Um, I, I think it's just, I think I have some of that view because that level of like corruption requires like sophistication. Yeah. And I, I just don't, I don't have enough respect in a, the MLS management, but two pro specifically to like be able to do that effectively. Yeah. I mean, once they, well, once I see them call quality games for a while, then I might have enough respect for them to think they can have pull up. They can pull off some kind of conspiracy like that. First of all, second of all, the league actually owns more of RSL than any other team right now. So wouldn't it be in their favor to call for us? I mean, if you want to get technical, right? Right. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's uh, just it's it's the same old uh, bad MLS refing thing. What's gonna piss me off is over the next few days or couple of days they might come out with like a disciplinary action and some fines and you know th- those sorts of things. Who the hell cares? Like, do I care if a Minnesota player retroactively has to pay twenty five thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars? No, I would much rather have them off in the eightieth. Right, so we can actually it can actually impact the game that they're in. Sure, or you know, get a PK so we can convert yeah. and be up one zero at the half. Exactly. I don't know um, what the standards are for referees, but I really hope. I mean, it should be competitive. They make decent income last time I read, so it should be nah, pretty the, competitive the, around the these. Pro days. refs aren't doing that great. Um, I'm, I mean, I am going to disagree with you about the whole Minnesota. You know, because like, because I agree, I, I do think that the disciplinary committee is going to have to fix some of this. Um, and Minnesota not having one of their most important players for the next game could benefit RSL because Minnesota is sixth in the standings and RSL is eighth. Well, I love what you just said because that transitions us to the very next thing we want to talk about, which is the standings in the tight, tight West. And after this, we have one more topic, which is our next game, which kind of they lead into each other. So let me read you off some of the key points of the Western Conference right now. We have Seattle Sounders with 13 games played at the top of the West with 24 points. We are currently in eighth in the West, the very last position that makes the playoffs. Eighth in the West with 18 points, 14 matches played. If you take a look down the um, standings, um, Houston ninth is at 16, Vancouver is at 15, LA Galaxy is at 15 at le- in 11th place, and San Jose is in 12th, where he lost in the West at 14 points. So remember, LA Galaxy, 11th, second to last, 15 points, three points less than us. Then you look at us, we are tied with LAFC, our next opponent, on points, 18 apiece. But even Seattle and Portland, first and second in the West, are four points, actually, excuse me, six points in this case, away from us. Third place port in Kansas City is only two points away from us. So we're in eighth, two points out of third. Right. And three points out of 11th. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we're going to keep repeating this until, you know, the season ends. It, it, it's a, it's a condensed schedule. So every yeah. game quite literally matters. Um, a lot. All, absolutely. All of our games are against Western conference opponents. So like, to use that old cliche that you know you and I have had multiple arguments about, like these are all six-point games at this point, like yep. straight up. Um, yeah, I mean we're in a position where you know the, a, a weekend could end, and you're conceivably in like third or fourth, 
mm-hmm. or the weekend ends and you're like at 11th um yeah yeah and you could start uh, your your wednesday in third and end it by sunday in 11th i mean quite yeah. literally right um and you know what else is important i haven't thought about this till today is remember the first tiebreaker is the head-to-head so in this particular case, LAFC and us are tied on points. Wait, is the tiebreaker still? Is that still? Uh, no, still I don't. Point? I was just about to say I don't think that's true. I they think, change that? I think it's. Uh, let's see here. Oh, number uh, of wins. Number of that's wins. Yeah. Then number goal differential. Then goal differential. Then goals for. Yeah. So in in this particular case, I mean, LAFC has five wins. We have four. And, I mean, it, it's just going to be so, so incredible because every time you win a game, someone loses it. I mean, no duh. Right. But it's an opponent in the West. Every game is a six-pointer. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's just going to be a freaking shootout for the rest, of the, the rest of the season. And remember, we have six games left. Nine games. Is it nine games? Yeah. So it, it's a uh, 23-game season. Okay, I thought it was six games left. That's all that was left on the slate. No. So the reason you're coming up with uh, six games is because that's how many games Albert's missing. That's right. Okay, never mind. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, but anyways, before we get into that, uh, yeah, man, we could literally end the weekend in third, or we could end the weekend in like 11th. It is absolutely ridiculously crazy. Every game counts. The saving grace is that everyone else is playing everyone else, which is a good and a bad thing. That means someone's getting points. Right. Um, and someone else is not getting points. Um, anyways, let's get into our next opponent. Because, again, tied on points, tied in games played. They have one more win than we do. They do have a more significant goal differential. Right. They have a plus five versus uh, against. If you have negative two, they're plus three in goal differential. But it doesn't really matter in this case because wins go first. LAFC coming up this weekend. Uh, last time it was 3-0 us. It was probably that game had the hallmark of being one of the games of the season. If everyone could have finished 50% of their chances. Right. That could have been a 5-4 game. Sure. With everyone finishing fifty percent of sitters. Yeah, yeah, that three zero scoreline was very um misleading. Yeah, misleading. It it could have been three zero in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. The the Mir uh scores in the ninth minute, Miram scores in the forty seventh minute, and Albert Ruschnack converts that uh penalty in, in the, the seventy ninth. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a wild game. And Shots I think on we, we hit the that game, by the way, mm-hmm. eight apiece. Yeah, I remember that. So on target. Yeah, yeah, nineteen and nineteen shots in total for each team as well. Yeah. So they are. So let's get into us first. Um, mm-hmm. Well, let's get into them for a second. They, they are, they are. I mean, crap. We think we're a roller coaster team. I mean, they are like. The Superman ride in uh, where's that at? Uh, Six Flags, I believe. Six Flags. Yeah, that's what they are. Because I mean, they literally go three zero losses to four zero wins to three zero losses to five zero wins to six one losses, whatever it is. Sure. These guys are up and down and down and up, and I bet you anything. At the end of the day, they'll figure it all out. I am scared to death facing them this weekend. Yeah, so so back to your 
you know, them being a road since since their game against us, they've had four games. Um, they their very next game, they went and beat Portland four two. Uh, then they lost to the Sounders 3-0. Then they destroyed Vancouver 6-0. And everyone's like, okay, they're back. They're bounced back. They're just going to go on a tear now. <laughs> and then the game after that, their most recent game, they lost to San Jose 2-1. And San Jose scores in like the 93rd minute or something. Like in in the depth, uh, they get a they get a goal. And San Jose is the bottom of the West. They're literally the only team in the West that has no chance of being in the playoffs at the end of the weekend. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. San Jose is kind of having a, you know, a San Jose a, year, a crisis, if you will, even by their standards, because there was a stretch where they were just getting blown out like five nils, six ones, you know. They killed us in Florida. If I remember yeah, correctly. but that was basically like their last good thing. Like since yeah. then, it's been it's been rough for San Jose. So um, LAFC completely unpredictable, RSL yeah. completely unpredictable. Man, if I'm an objective observer, I'm tuning into this one. For sure, for sure. It 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 has the, you know, it has the makings of like a really good um good game. It it's and I think if we're going to be honest, the last game if if Rossi was yeah, slightly better, like LAFC scores at least two or three. Um or if Blessing was on the whole game. Right, like that little dude came on and he totally changed the the game for them. Um, yeah, it it is worth noting that he's kind of started playing this like really weird like right outside back thing for them, and it, it it's been pointed out by LAFC fans that he's he's a bit of a defensive liability. Um, so I'm curious to see if we if that's something we managed to exploit. Um, and then obviously the really big talking point is that our boy big al albert rushnak got called up to the uh slovakian national team so congratulations to to him they're uh they're doing a little bit of uh nations yeah nations league and then more importantly for them they're actually trying to make the euro cup uh for 2021 and i believe they are playing northern ireland in that game so uh, kind of a must-win scenario for them, and it's it's cool. Like it's it's exciting to have a dude getting regularly called up for his national team, but because of COVID protocols, like there's like a, we I think hinted at this earlier. There's something like a ten-day quarantine window for him when he gets back from the team. Uh-huh. Dude's missing the next six games, and it includes this LAFC game. Uh, I I think he's leaving this this weekend. So uh, definitely not great news for Real Salt Lake. So we have been hit by this a lot less this year than in the past. First of all, it's going to suck to not have Rushnak around for that period of time. When we complain about him, I think we complain about him from the perspective of he's the most expensive, highest paid player we have. For sure. He's not playing to that level. Right. And, he and is I think... still one of our key players. On for sure. Pitch. And I think if we're going to be totally honest, his last two games have been phenomenal. Like the dude, like suddenly started caring. Some of the best footy is nowhere. Some of the best footy has played for us in a while. Definitely. So that's what we. That's where where we're coming. We're coming from. You know, he's really good, but he's not. Maybe he should. He's not two million dollars good, and by two million dollars good. We mean when you compare it to what everyone else is worth, right? 
not pulling his own weight by that standard. Still, probably one of the most important players we have on the pitch. We absolutely notice a difference very quickly when he's not there. So let's see what happens here. I mean, again, remember I was saying this is this is a year of experimentation. This is another experiment. This is an experiment to see if we can do without him and who could potentially take a spot. I mean, we know who's going to slide into it. Probably Damir, right? I'm not sure who the heck else could take that position. Um, but then who slides into Damir's spot? Right. So and, and there, yeah, there are a million different things. Let me cover a much, much more important thing. And we haven't been hit by this as much this year as in years past, which is this, guess what? The entire European continent is playing over the next couple of weeks. There are, there's that Nations Cup. There are the qualifiers. I think the teams that are not involved in either I th might have friendlies. I think everyone actually has at least Nations Cups. And guess how many games all of the other European players are missing for their European clubs? Any guess? I mean, I mean, is that like a rhetorical question? or? Like, it's a rhetorical it's, question. Yeah, Zero. Zero. No games. Right. right. So we still haven't figured this crap out. How in the world? This is the Mickey Mouse stuff. You were talking about it earlier around the refs. I don't think it's around the refs. Every league complains about refs. There's always going to be good refs and bad refs. They're human beings and make mistakes. Some are more inexcusable than others, right? Like the 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 handball non VAR review, non inexcusable. Like there need to be consequences for that. But at the end of the day, refs make mistakes. They will make mistakes everywhere. This is a mechanical thing that can be figured out by the league. And I know it's a weird year. Right. And if this was the one time, one year where this was a problem, this was happening, I wouldn't say a word. Not sure. a word. Sure. And I think to take the other side of that is if they can't figure it out during, you know, regular, like, you know, you can plan for the year with accuracy, they sure as hell aren't going to yeah. figure it out in 2020. Exactly. No, man, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, this isn't a problem for, you know, a lot of other clubs and um, ultimately it is one of our key players and like let's let's call it what it is it's he's missing the next six games and there's only nine games left he, he's yeah. he's literally missing the rest of the season um which that's that's a massive loss like let's let's call it what it is and um, at the end of the day look man at the end of the day you're paying the guy right sure so is the Slovakian national team picking up the tab I don't think so. I mean, yeah, but it's, you know, no But it's national. not a problem elsewhere. It's not a problem in Europe. It's not a problem in South America because their leagues take breaks. Yeah, I get what you're saying. those times. And, but, you know, not all the, like, the lower leagues don't. And it, it, it isn't like this universally solved thing. And, you know, under normal well, maybe Maybe under... If, if, if we want to start being considered uh, anything other than a lower league... Let's act like it. Sure. I get what you're getting at. I'm just like, this isn't, for me, this isn't the year to care about this. Uh -huh. And if, if, it, if it was the first time this was happening, I would not say a word. Sure. Other and than it, very it is, unfortunate, you know, har, 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 added to the 2020 slate. Right. Right. Something along those lines. Right. But this happens every, remember Saborio? I mean, there were literally times 
Yes. Over the past few yeah, years, we had something like six or seven players for gone. For sure. Beckerman, Rick yeah. Armando. Yes, there were stretches where, like, you know, and it was cool that all these dudes were good enough to get called up to their national team. Um, well, yeah, it's cool. It's super cool. But at the end of the year, how right. many times did we miss the playoffs by, like, a point or two? Sure, sure. It, I do think it's under normal years. My understanding is that the league, the teams have some say in in, in normal years have some say in whether or not they play during the international break because not every team does um so i i do think uh-huh. in in the most recent years rsl usually goes sure because realistically only one or two guys are actually going to get called up and so we're playing at essentially full strength and hopefully i think you're wrong there homie no i don't think teams have a say at all they do because not every team plays during the international break but that's on that's just by accident. No, no, no. They, they I'm not saying that the final call, but they do have some say in it. They can request it. I just think, look, again, not this year. And again, if it was the first time this was happening, wouldn't say a word. Remember, this is the league that played through most of the World Cup. Yeah, we took a little break. I remember that. Right, when we played through beginning. most of the World Cup. Yep. Most of the prep to the World Cup. And then I think during uh during the um, uh, knockout stages, we restarted play. Don't get me wrong, man. Smart move. The country's in a soccer frenzy. They're like, oh, my God, I want to go to a local game. Yeah, right? I get it. But that means you don't care about the performance. At the end of the day, you don't really – I mean, if you want to make sure that the best team is in, the best team wins, I promise you any – I promise you right now, I'll, I'll bet you a burrito. The playoff race this year will be decided on a tiebreaker. There's no way that there's going to be a point differential between like yeah, eighth yeah, and ninth. Right there. Yeah. Do you think, let's say, a team's most important player being around for six games might make a difference? Absolutely. But like, you know, no, like under normal circumstances, it'd be like three games. He's missing the other three because he can't like because there's this thing floating around on the air that gets people sick. Like. I get yeah. what you're going for, man. Like I, I really no, you do. don't. I don't think you do. I, I do, and I agree. Excusing, I agree. Most years, I'm not excusing the league, but but it's like, what what is the alternative? Like, don't release him. No, this is a this is a much bigger. Well, yeah, maybe. Because here's the thing: it's not. It, it is a it is a problem, and it is a big problem. But yeah. it isn't entirely on the league. Like. It's entirely on the league. Definitely not entirely. Like absolutely, if the fact that we tune in during the international, like we have just as much, we are just as much culpability. Like if if it's this this big enough of a deal, don't watch MLS games during the international breaks. No, it's not a big deal to me as far as watching. I can I can watch four games in a day. Shit, I can watch six. I'm pretty sure I've done six in a row before. But, yeah, but you know what I mean. But that doesn't like, mean I can like, play six, playing them and watching them are different no, things. I'm I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't I'm, saying I'm, that from like a fatigue. I'm saying I'm saying like like if you have a problem with them playing during the international window, don't watch MLS during the international window. Be like, hey guys, you have no financial incentive to play because I no longer support it. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, exactly. But so is this like like the, the league clearly isn't going to change. And like I said, the teams have some say in it. Like there are teams the that choose to play. Then they're stupid. Right, but that's on them. The league didn't make them say, yes, we'll play. The league run. The league literally runs and owns everything. 
Right. I'm not saying that like they aren't at like some of this is their decision to allow that, but there are teams that actively embrace it. Like well, if, I'll ev- tell you, if I'll every t- team, if every team was like, we are absolutely not playing in the, you know, like made a, took it as a stance, I guarantee you the league would adapt. It doesn't need that extreme level. But it if it's that be... big of enough a deal, just do that. Take it to that extreme. Take it to the nth degree. But against whom? Like what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is very simple. The league, for the sake of providing the best possible product on the ground, should take breaks during these large international breaks. Again, not this year. This year is weird. Should take large breaks. Should take breaks during the large international game days and ensure that I mean think about this way LA Galaxy is playing let's say last year let's just say Ibrahimovic is still on the Sweden national team on the Swedish national team right does LA Galaxy have the same draw and appeal on the TV as well as in person if Ibrahimovic is not there right you don't have your best product on the field because of it so instead of putting forth just something for the sake of moving forward, why not take a break? Schedule around it. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's a couple of weeks. It's probably a couple of weeks, a week and a half, something in between there. Um, start a week earlier and a week later. Have an extra Wednesday game some at some point throughout the season. It's not that difficult to figure it out, I think. It's just silly that – and again – Six games isn't isn't extreme. I don't ever remember someone missing six games before. Right, but it's 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 and, literally like three weeks of games. It's just yeah. that there's like you know a game there's so many games, seconds. and then he yes. has to be quarantined and the whole nine yards. I get right. it. I've never seen anyone, but I have seen people miss two and three games in some cases. I remember Sabo Rio missing three games, not regularly, but pretty well, more than a couple of times, right, because of the travel and. And because of the schedule, it, it just doesn't make sense. At the end of the day, in a, in a rate, you're not putting your best product forward. It's, I shouldn't have to advocate for it. If it's my product, I don't want to put forth anything other than the best I have to offer. That's my two cents. That's my piece. I, I get that. But by that logic, then don't play during COVID because a lot of teams aren't putting out their best product. They're putting out the next guy up. That is a very reasonable argument to be had. And this is why I, I told you weeks ago that if I am RSL, I'm using the rest of this season as an experiment. You know, the, the, the success at the end of the season is if I have a few questions answered. Like, right. is Sam Johnson my future number nine? Like, who's my goalkeeper next year? Like, do I have my outside backs the way I want them to be? Like... Is the mere cry like the captain of the future for me? We answered that one, if nothing else, right? Um, is I'm Corey Baird my no. future forward? Now, though, to be fair, the year has changed a little bit, even since it changed originally, you know, because of DLH's stupid stuff. So it all goes out the window. But right. For, for me, really, speaking, really, the only question left is uh, who ends up or which group of people ends up owning RSL? And what kind of impact does that have on season ticket holders? Like it, that's really that's basically all I care about yeah. at this point for the rest of the year. Yeah, like it. Yeah, man, it, it's 
it it feels like we tune in week in and week out and we can comp- not complain but like we end up talking about the same stuff like you know and and it's just like the nuances are somewhat different but it's like hey our dp still aren't playing hey we're still not you know finishing at the rate we'd like to be hey it's you know like our substitution pattern is is kind of weird and lacking and you know specifically in the minnesota game it was like maybe the dude like got on twitter accidentally and was like oh i gotta sub more and decided to sub everybody um which was interesting to see like everybody right it, it went from like i'm making like two subs when one of them is like due to injury because i have to to like i'm using all five and i'm doing three right now yeah yeah anyway um Look, I'll tell you one thing. I think that our talking points are way more diverse than like post-match interviews. <laughs> well, we just gave it a hundred percent. Right. Um, we were aggressive and we trusted each other. I mean, I literally—I don't know the last time I heard something original in a post-game interview. Oh, you know what it was? When LeBron James got pissed that he only got 16 votes out of 111 for the MVP. That was like the first thing in like years where a player after a game was actually saying something that we wanted to hear. I mean, I don't like LeBron James. That's not the point here, right? Right. It, it was news. It was genuinely in, like informative. It was, yeah, it was genuinely more than, um, yeah, so um, we gave it 100%. We trusted each other and we were aggressive. <laughs> right. On to the next one. Yeah. It's uh, the same no. thing over yeah, and I, over. It, I mean, let's let's be like, there. Tony Beltran is probably one of the smartest people like on earth. Um, well, you think that's, he keeps that's his job? Um, I think there's a bunch of people in the front office that are gone. Um, I think it depends on like what the organization kind of has in mind. I I think there's this like perception of you know, especially with some of the stuff around like the Royals, uh, like head coach is now like on a mm-hmm. leave of absence. Um, I, I like, there's this perception where it's like anyone that was successful in that environment, just like, and, and not to say that everyone in the office is, you know, associated to the Loy Hansen and the comments he's made, but it's like, you know, it's got this, like, like the culture is just clearly toxic. Like something is broken there. Um, and and I'd, I'd have a hard time most people wanting to stick around even. Um, yeah, I think most of our front office is going to look totally different with new ownership. Well, I mean, based on the discussions we were just having around continuously purchasing the wrong players that never play, right. I hope so. Yeah. Um, now, someone like a Tony Beltran didn't have a chance yet. Right. right. Dude's so, been here on the, in the front office for a year. Um, but yeah, I was going to say like, you know, what'd you expect from a bunch of, you know, jocks regarding the post-game comments. And then I remember that Tony Beltran is like, yeah, stupid. I was wondering where you kept, where we were going with that. Right. Uh, Uh, now we're all over the place, man. Any closing statements before we close this year, baby out? I mean, with the front office, like I do hope. So like there was this like talk of not talk, but like, I think it was like a tweet or something like, Hey, what's like Garth up to these days? Garth being Garth Lagerway up in Seattle. Like that's that's the only dude that I'd be like, you know, from the good old uh, salad years, as they say, that I would want like back without a moment of hesitation. Or just give me a bunch of no names that I've never heard about. I would not be opposed to a complete shakeup and roll the dice and see what happens. I wouldn't be opposed to Tony running the whole show. 
Well, I mean, not I the business side. The, I don't. I don't even about the soccer side, man. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know either. But that's what I'm saying. Sure. You got uh, any would, predictions would, for the LAFC game, by the way? I would not mind if uh, Nick Romando is up in there. Imagine this: Tony Beltran, Nick Romando, and next year Carl Beckerman are like three executives. Bring Andy Williams back. You got scouting, you got GMing, you got like assistant coaching. I think we will do well to 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 do that. You know, have that kind of a thing. Right, Hobby like, Mole. Bring okay. them all back. Yes, and and then you know Jason Christ is gonna fly in on the back of an eagle and shoot off fireworks over Rio Tinto and. Then we're why all gonna have, go why punch. Why do you have to take it there? Then we're all gonna because it's like it's like this fantasy that just like isn't real, man. Like like you, you did not need get... to, you did not need to take it there. I had no to take point. It there. No point had, in doing no, it. You know I'm we right. Ha, you know we have I'm an right. academy. We have a high school team, right? We have the monarchs. Yeah, there's there's plenty of jobs to go around. I get that there's plenty of jobs, but you're just like listing like anyone that's ever like you're just like. It's like when you're a kid. I'm listing like the Mount Rushmore. Your... Right, but that doesn't mean that all these dudes need jobs at RSL. Like, I appreciate... I'd like, like to have them there is what I'm saying. I get that, and I would rather have, like, some dude I've never heard of who's been doing this for, like, the last 45 years. Well, if he has been doing this successfully. Right, that's what I mean. Like, not, you know, like, I I appreciate I get it. what players I have think, done for us. I think us. It, would be, it would be good to have, like, a GM from... You know, from a European club that has connections all right. over the world, right? Et Anyways, let's move on. We we've been at this for way too long. Projections yeah. to the for, for the LAFC game. Yep, I was closer on the last game than you were. Remember? Really? Not, I said we're yeah. gonna lose, which yeah, would be yeah. zero points. You said we're gonna win, which would be three points. We tied, which gave us one point. Not a mathematician, but one is closer to zero than three. Well, I mean, by that logic, you should always predict a tie, and you're guaranteed to win. Yep. There's, no, no, not if you predict the right score. So if you predict the tie, but mm-hmm. I predict the loss, I'm closer than you are if we lose and the other right. way around. Right. Anyways. Go ahead with your prediction. Oh, my God. I have no freaking idea, man. Right. I'm literally like doing a random number generator on my computer right now. <laughs> I swear to God. I mean, it could literally be. And I, I said this jokingly last before last game. I said it could be 0-0 zero, zero, laughing. Right. Like, there's no way it's going to be 0-0. Zero, zero. Sure. Um, or it could be 5-5 five, five, and anything right. in between. And I feel the same way about this one. Um, without Albert, I don't have a great feeling. I think we lose this one. And I think we lose this one 3-1, maybe even 3-0. I'm not sure where the goals are coming from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I do think you're right. I think it's uh, regarding I, – I, I think it's going to be a loss for us. I think LAFC have to, like they're they're a team that like loses and then bounces back and then loses the one after that. So I think we're just getting them on a on a week where they have to win. Um, so so I think we lose. I think we lose two zero. Um, I do think formation is going to be kind of weird. I, I think at this point it's pretty obvious that the mirror. Well, I say obvious, but you know it is. Nothing Freddy. is obvious with this yeah, team. With with Freddie, it's like you have no idea what you're going to get. Um, but I think the mirror ends up slotting into that attacking midfielder role. And then really the question becomes like, who's your striker? Is it Sam Johnson? What if Ruiz slots into that role? Um, I wouldn't hate it. I, I think, I, I think I'd prefer I thought he did as, well last couple of games. Yeah. I'd prefer him as an attacking midfielder more than a defensive midfielder. That's for sure. Um, I, I'd actually be cool with seeing that. I don't think it's going, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I, I do. If I was a betting man, I'd say the mirror. 
and then and then I think Sam Johnson did showed enough hustle and grit and like dude was all over the field in the last game that I think he's earned himself a start. So I Yeah, I I've think, been saying that for six months. yeah, but I haven't, and the fact that I'm saying it now I think is indicative. Like I, I feel like there's, like he finally had enough time to actually like make an impact, and he showed that he wanted to be there. It was some of the best soccer I've seen him play in a long time. I think Sam Johnson's gonna get the start. And you know, you know what? I'm gonna change it. I still think we end up losing, but I think we lose two one, and I think Sam gets a goal. Well. Here's my prediction. I'll give you another prediction. And we can roll this back next week. Well, yeah. I mean, you get three predictions. One of them is bound to be right. <laughs> no, I'm talking about not, not scores. I'm done with the score. 3-1 or 3-0. We're losing. Okay. Right. I think Demir starts at nine. Pablo starts in the Albert spot. Okay. I think uh, Corey's back. That's it. Everything else is standard. Right. I think I'm... it's starting 11 plus that. Here's what I pray to God doesn't happen. Kyle Beckerman starts along with Everton. Because yeah. that would have to kind of happen, right? Sure. If you're pulling up well, Pablo. I, I don't know how uh, accurate this information is anymore, but for I think the last game, was it the last game? I think the last game, yeah, Everton wasn't cleared to play. Like Medically uh, unclear, I think, is what the, the saying ended up being or like the I mean can you imagine okay that, that's well can you imagine current form Kyle Beckerman trying to catch up with those speedy LAFC dudes I mean yeah no at this point I think Beckerman needs to be coming on and like dying minutes of a game to close it yeah. out like I love the dude but it it's like clearly is missing a step. Yeah, at least play against teams that don't have Rossi and and that yeah that little bastard. And yeah. yeah, like dude's gonna get two yellows in the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we are both pretty confident this weekend, huh? Yeah, gonna be a great weekend. Just uh, <laughs> you know, which which honestly, it probably will be like a five zero win RSL whenever we. Yeah, that's the thing. The... Like it, it's that unexpected. Like it could be anything. If it's predictable, I like my score prediction. Yeah. But nothing is predictable about this team. Nothing. And nothing. now we have two teams. Right. So we have two teams that are completely unpredictable, have terrible defense, and at any point can score five or six goals. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I would say RSL can score five or six goals. I think there were mo like there are games. They could have scored five or six goals against LAFC last game. Right, for sure. Um yeah. But there, there are definitely stretches of games where they couldn't buy a right. goal. Um, That's so. the unpredictable thing. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, it's going to be a good one. Well, anyways, RSL Nation, it's been a good podcast. Sorry we took a little longer than we intended. Hope it was worth your time. Now signing off is your boys Adele and the Baker with another Scarf Life podcast. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, RSL Nation. <laughs>